Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, I'm not Kylie Hutchinson. <laughs> and I, I'm not James Coyle. <laughs> but together, we're still Adventures in Evaluation. Hello, Kylie. Hey, how are you? I'm very well. What our listeners can't see, I'll have to describe as some sort of weird combination of uh, chain link, I don't know, decorations with a really red uh, sort of curtain and this really fancy chandelier. It looks very old-timey. Where are you? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I've gone back to school, James. I'm um, I'm living in Belgium for a year with my family because I decided to go back to grad school. Well, it works for me because I got some Belgian beer. That's right. I brought you some. Was it good? Oh, it was fantastic. Those monks, man, they know how to make a good uh, beer. The Trappists are two thumbs up in, in my books. That's right. So I brought... I brought James a bottle of beer from Belgium when I went to the AEA conference in Washington. And um, yeah, they have uh, apparently over 300 beers. There's almost a different beer a day that you can try here. So, um, Well, what's funny is you brought this bottle of beer as a gift. Um, in addition to the awesome uh, Big Lebowski and Philosophy book uh, that you purchased, which I think is just awesome that it's on sale at AEA. I but, think it's awesome that you are such a aficionado of the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Well, in, in, in keeping with the, the dude and abiding, um, mm-hmm. keeping his mind limber uh, with a strict regimen of uh, you know, <laughs> what have you, uh, the Trappist beer was, was good. But I was kind of busy. We didn't run into each other a ton at the conference, but you said you had this bottle of beer. And what was yeah. funny is you said, I am not taking this bottle of beer home. And you left it with uh, the bellhop uh, sort of desk, you know. That's and right. I was just leaving the conference, going to catch my flight home, and I and I what crossed my mind was I don't really have time to grab this bottle of beer. It's a big lineup. Well, fortunately, I changed my mind. I said, you know, that's not very nice. Kylie brought this, so I, I go up to the bellhop, and the guy does not understand that I have this number. I want a, 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 a this bottle of beer, and yeah. he he just can't find it. He goes, I need some other number, and I said, it's a bottle of Belgian beer and he says wait a minute is it big I said I don't know (laughs) he goes into the back and he pulls out uh this wine bottle size of beer right I mean it's huge and at that point I'm thinking I'm glad I didn't leave this but then I also see you've stuffed in there some work for me to do you've got some mailing that you didn't do and I'm thinking geez if I left this bottle of beer the mail that was supposed to go to whoever was never going to happen that's right. And that was a present for my nephew. And it's a chocolate iPhone because everything here is chocolate, of course. That's right. Nice. So it was it was a good way to end the conference. Why don't we talk about what actually happened at the conference as a debrief? Yes. I mean, I don't know where to start, James. Why don't you go first? So this year um, went to Washington, D.C., where the American Evaluation Conference was held. And uh, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I really made a point of wanting to go early so I could go to a couple workshops. And, um, you know, one of the workshops in particular was, was excellent. The, the, the thing that really struck me, um, and I talked about this with a, a vendor recently who was there for the first time. They go to all sorts of conferences, you know, selling their, their what have you, as the dude would say. And I said, what was your impression? And he said, you know, the funny thing is, this is the only conference I've ever been to where people seem genuinely curious, nice, and interested in having a conversation. Really? They really want to learn all about your product, what it can do for them. 
They're not committed to, uh, you know, buying it, but they want to have a discussion. And he said, you know, most conferences were kind of treated like we got the plague. You know, they don't want to even start a conversation because we're the salesperson and right. they're the target. Whereas at AEA, there's this genuine sense, uh, and I felt it throughout the whole conference. I mean, okay, kumbaya music in the background. But <laughs> it's a real genuine sense of friendliness. And yeah. you hear people comment about it. You hear first-timers, you hear seasoned folks. I was really struck uh, at just how um, friendly everybody was. Um, it didn't mean that there wasn't some good debates and challenging conversations. It was, it was just so welcoming. And I think from a learning point of view, um, that really uh, was the soil that allowed me to learn a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. So that was my general sort of overall feeling. What was your sort of general overall experience? Well, you know, so here I am in Europe doing uh, my grad school and I'm doing development policy and evaluation. And so I had this silly idea back in June or July. Oh, I could just miss a week of school. No problem. This is AEA. I can't miss AEA because I missed it the year before because I was in Zambia. Right. Anyways, that was kind of a bad idea because I was pretty stressed out about school the whole time that I was there. In fact, I got a lot of therapy from other um, other colleagues, and and I think you you gave me a really what did you tell me about being in hell? Because that was really good. I remember that one. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm hopefully no expert on hell, but I can't remember who said it or, wh or where it was quoted from. But someone said, if you ever find yourself in hell, keep going. Yeah. Like, don't stop there. Well, it's very interesting going back to grad school, you know, at age 47. Your brain just is not what it was at 27 or 22 or whatever and and I could tell you it was an economics course um so I, I so unfortunately my um I didn't get to participate as much in the conference as I wanted to because about halfway through it I just freaked out and realized I, I've got a I've got a study but um you know a couple kind of a couple kind of thoughts it, uh it was it was one of the things that I never noticed before but if you go down to the lobby of the Hilton at four o'clock in the morning, there's all sorts of people there from other countries because we all have jet lag. <laughs> right. There should be a jet lag topical interest group. Yeah, because we're all up at the same time. Um, I uh, went to a really good pre-conference workshop that um, I can tell you a little bit about. And, um, and, and the one thing that I did notice was because I was so busy worrying about my economics test, I didn't get that kind of information overload by Saturday where you're kind of going, oh, my God, this is amazing, but I'm so exhausted. So, um, but tell me, tell me um, I know you were uh, kind of excited about a couple of the things that you went to. Yeah, so one workshop I really um, enjoyed, I thought, was uh, very skillfully um, presented um, and facilitated uh, was the uh, uh, Strategies for Interactive Evaluation Practice, um, mm. an evaluator's dozen. Um, it's related to a book called Interactive Evaluation Practice. We'll put the link on our website from uh, uh, Gene King and Laurie Stevent. And uh, Lori actually had to facilitate the whole day on her own. It usually is something I think her and Jean do together, but um, Jean had other responsibilities. And we all, you've talked about this, we all as evaluators need to spend time facilitating large groups uh, for a variety of different purposes. And we have various, you know, um, techniques and methods in our, in our uh, toolkit. 
but I was looking for some new ones and to see how other evaluators do this. The day was broken down into actually going through, I think almost, if not all, 13 different examples, doing them, and um, uh, really setting the sort of uh, context for how you can use these two uh, three things, bring information out of different groups to the surface. So maybe where they're from, their current sort of status of knowledge, etc. cetera. Uh, but you can also use um, another five different techniques to generate new information. And as evaluators, we really perk up to that because we're constantly looking for um, appropriate uh, methods to get information uh, flowing out of a group. And sometimes that happens in you know, a facilitated session. And then the last set of uh, strategies has to do with organizing the information. We as evaluators facilitating a set of groups uh, or a big group to organize the information that they've either generated or information that's been presented to them. So it was a great start to the conference. Felt energized in, at the end of the day, not drained. Yeah, that's great. That's a great sign of a workshop, right? Yeah. Um, and I did, um, I did uh, Stephanie Evergreen's two-day, full-on two-day data visualization, and it was, it was really good. I'd never had the, um, I'd never been exposed to all of her research on reports and laying out reports, and, and you know, I was writing full-on for most of those two days, and it was great. Like you leave really, really excited, really excited about well, it. Well, and you know, it, for me, it was a chance to meet her for the first time in person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, a chance to meet the new rock stars in the field and the people we've interviewed on other podcasts like Hallie yeah. Peskill and others. It was it was great. There's a social aspect, but also to see Stephanie present. And, of course, her books come out and we interviewed her about that. And it's been sold out, which is fantastic uh, yeah. to see her present and challenge the audience in the way that she does, which is quite unique, uh, yeah. was real fun. And to see yeah. people in the buzz around data visualization and what bad examples are. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was great to see other rock stars, um, you know, not just, you know, uh, what was the hashtag, uh, OMG, MQP? Oh, my God, Michael Compatton? Oh, that's hilarious. So for people who don't know what we're talking about, the, if, if you, on Twitter, if you want to mention something about evaluation, you do hashtag eval, and I guess somebody... I don't know who coined that. I'd love to know who came up with it. But the new one is hashtag OMGMQP, which is brilliant. And I can I just tell you my little MQP story? Of course. So um, one morning, of course, I was in the uh, – it wasn't 4 o'clock in the morning. It was probably more like 7.30 or 8 o'clock. And I was uh, sitting at one of the work workstations that they had in the lobby. And there was a really a young student. I would say she was about – I don't know. She was certainly 20, 22 or something like that. And um, she was sitting there chat chatting with he who cannot be mentioned. And I, I, I kind of got a sense that I'm not really sure she knew who she was talking with. I think she just kind of buttonholed the guy and, and said, can I, can I talk to you about this developmental thing? And he was great. He was sitting down and, and, and they, I don't know, she had about half an hour of his time. And I thought, sweetheart, do you know what you're getting? <laughs> Right now, I think she was just kind of so young and naive. I'm not really sure she knew who she was talking to. And, and yet, you know, Michael's so generous with his time, yeah, his thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time with Michael either. You know, I, I attended one of his um, uh, bigger uh, sessions where he went right into lunch and fielded lots of questions, um, you know, and had a quick uh, chat with him to ask if he's still interested to come on this podcast when his uh, next qualitative book's out. But yeah. you could just see 
um, again, the affection and appreciation for, uh, you know, the leaders who've been around in the field and others. I mean, it's kind of a big, you know, love in, I guess, um, which is just not what I think of uh, when I think of conferences I used to go to, particular academic ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of other leaders, so uh, this year was the first year that I had a poster and um, I went I went to the poster session with my with my little poster and and I, I was a bit worried that, you know, sometimes you can kind of stand there by your poster and people walk by and they're not very interested in your poster. And I thought, oh, is this going to be like a little bit kind of a sad situation. But um, my poster was um my evaluation typology where I'm lumping all those overlapping terms together. So it's not a traditional research poster. It was just kind of this picture. And um, at one point, Michael Scriven walked by and I thought, you know, if I think if I'd been a little bit more bold, I would have brought him over and said, look what you've, look what you've started because, um, you know, you you know on that map it just kind of all this terminology the whole field right is just kind of exploded and I would have been really interested to to get his impressions but I I was I was not bold enough to do that. Well, you know, speaking of Michael Scriven, um, attended a great session with Jane Davidson and uh, Michael Scriven, and and in your your mentioning of terms and types and and all that kind of stuff, um, one of the things that uh, was neat to see was you know a fully grown man brought to his knees approaching Dr. Scriven, uh, you know, literally on bended knee, asking if he could take <laughs> his picture, right? And, really? I just, and I'm standing there watching this, and, I'm, and Michael says, yes, you may. And, and I said, you know what? I'm going to ask this guy if he wants his picture with Dr. Scriven. And it just made his day, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, aside from all the love and stuff, uh, you know, I think other learnings, um, one that I picked up from Jane and uh, Michael, and I've been interested in this for a while, but I need to do a lot more reading and we're going to have Jane on, on the show here pretty soon. And I, I want yeah. to get her thoughts about this whole thing of rubrics. Oh, I can't wait to talk about rubrics. Yeah. 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 For me, the pennies really sort of dropped about, um, that, uh, you know, that movement that I, seems to be coming largely from New Zealand all yeah. around rubrics. I think you've tweeted a bit about that too. I have. Yeah. They've been a real head smack for me. Like, uh-huh. And, and, I'm really excited about having Jane too because um, she just really strikes me as this voice of kind of reason and and just practicality and um, so yeah I think she's going to have a lot to say. I uh, the I went to a really great half day workshop with John Gargani and Stuart Donaldson and um, I have to tell you it, it kind of rocked my world a little bit. It's they're working on something, James, and I, I don't I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but they're working on something that is kind of a a modification of the logic model. And and they might not like it if I described it that way, but th that was my kind of take on it. And you know, traditionally we see the logic model as this very l simple linear process and it uh tends to kind of ignore um, you know, it certainly doesn't use a systems approach whatsoever. And and what they seem to be doing was um, using really kind of trying to get at the, the theory, program theory behind developing a program. And 
incorporating more what they called moderators and mediators. And, you know, my little brain kind of just took it in as, oh, systems thinking, systems thinking. And and it, it, the model right now is is kind of there's a lot of options to it and, it and it came across as a little bit kind of complex, but it's also evident that this is something that they're working on. But it just struck me as a much more effective, responsive, realistic kind of systems oriented logic model. And so I got quite excited. Um, and I got to tell you that um, they put together a nice workshop too, just from an instructional point of view. You know, we had, we, they had a mixture of, of, of teaching methods and um, interesting group activities. And, and yeah, I was quite impressed. It's, all, it's always a big relief when you pick a winner, right? Uh, you. Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say is there's definitely a few sessions that, you know, I went to and, um, you know, I realized, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be, or it wasn't quite as advertised. But you're absolutely right. I mean, John uh, Gargani, I'd never met before, and this is the first time I got to meet him. And I was, you know, uh, real impressed with uh, some of his um, thoughts. You know, obviously the way he, he presents, too, is great. Some of the talks that I was at with him, they were pushing the whole getting their hands dirty and becoming part of the team and uh, crossing over into that... Uh, world of actually um, not just assessing or, or documenting the theory of change, but getting involved in the design or redesign, the ongoing design of a program, which obviously sends up alarm bells for a lot of people to say, okay, now you, you don't even have any arm's length distance. But um, what John, uh, what struck me about what John said was, you know, I just really want to make sure that I'm, I'm actually helping the program. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, I, I might be missed sort of uh, quoting exactly how he would put it. Um, but we're going to have John on the show here, too. I think in the coming months, he's agreed to to, to do that. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's definitely, if he's not a rock star right now, he's certainly a rock star in the making. Oh, so. he is. I, I, think, yeah. I think he is. I mean, a lot of people yeah. who saw his work, uh, we talked a bit about it um, at uh, CES this year, you know, really got a lot out of it. And for me, I'll just say that um, as as many of us are still trying to put the the meat on the bones of developmental evaluation, what that looks like, it really struck me as an obvious um, characteristic that an evaluator who's doing a developmental evaluation would be involved in the ongoing design. Beyond right. the theory of a program, you're getting your hands dirty with that uh, with that design too. So, you know, one thing I, I just wanted to raise, one thing that I was a little bit disappointed about was I was um, uh, part of a, a three or four paper session on developmental evaluation and, and presenting case studies uh, from its use in real life. And, and they weren't um, neg they weren't entirely negative experiences, but what we were, the focus of the session was on, these are some of the issues that, that do crop up with the developmental and just looking at it really kind of realistic. So um, my, um, my colleague, Elaine, uh, Lahaki, she presented on a, on a on a really trying experience that we had doing a developmental evaluation, and um, we didn't get a very good um, turnout for that. And we were a bit surprised because developmental is pretty trendy right now, and we thought maybe people would like to hear some, you know, stories from the front. But uh, I guess there's such a demand for. I mean, there's so many many choices to go to. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I mean, I didn't present this year. In the past, similar, we put a lot of work into some presentations. And, um, you know, you have, you've got a handful of people. You, you might have yeah. been better just to have the conversations. 
um, with others. And I think that's just the nature of having such a large and rich uh, conference. Um, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it may sexier title. Um, you, you have to associate yourself with a rock star. Yeah, in some respects, I wouldn't mind seeing AEA kind of condense a little bit. It's almost too too much. I find, whoa, you know, um, if there, if the, you know, I, I find that there's no time to kind of integrate what what you're learning. You're just kind of off to the next one, and it it just kind of gets lost. And in some respects, I could, I could, I could use it being shortened somehow you know i don't know that's my opinion you know for me actually i i like the venue this year i mean you hear a lot of people talk about the venue or not i mean seriously though where's the wi-fi i thought it was a great location i, I did too it. i you yeah. know washington was great the area was great um i mean the yeah. weather was was stellar everything about it around it was great but i, yeah. I didn't feel overwhelmed by the actual conference and, and the comings and goings but i do think it's a it's a big menu of options so yeah yeah. So that was the conference. What else is uh, anything else from your week you want well, to share? Just right now, uh, trying to implement these things, you know, yeah. and get them fresh and learn uh, what kinds of, uh, you know, things are going to work in different situations. Um, bring back to my team and others some of uh, the big trends that if we're going to do evaluation for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years, Here's the stuff that the the big minds and some of it's not a surprise, but that are saying we need to get we need to get on board with. Yeah. So you know, as 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 only Stephanie could say with her very funny timing, in the future we will all have to go online. You know, like there's going to need to be a movement and shift to online and dynamic reporting. And I don't do that right now. Right yeah. now we all PDF stuff and ooh, you know, hyperlinks. So how are we going to collaborate with others around that? The big data trend, is, as um, Hallie and others have often talked about, um, and, uh, you know, developmental evaluation. The other one, I think, too, is I, I came away, as I said, needing to learn a lot more. And the big focus for me, um, I think, is on the evaluation-specific methods. Again, mm. something that we can talk more about with Jane uh, Davidson mm. around. So. Yeah, it's great that you learned how to do surveys and other research methods, but there's actually evaluation-specific methods right. you must consider doing and knowing how to do. Right. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll want to pick your brain around those things. Yeah, I almost feel like saying you can't really be an evaluator unless you have some degree of facilitation skills. You know, I I, I think that's a specific. I you were probably looking for something a little bit more data collection e but yeah you no know, you're right we talked about competencies there's a whole range of competencies that are required i didn't see a lot of that talked about um you know mm, is there no. that's a canadian thing well i don't know okay. we brought it from the americans and their whole sort of groups of competencies hmm. i just didn't notice as much talked about it around say you know the interpersonal competencies and the reflective competencies and that kind of stuff right well you know what i was dreaming about today as i was cycling to school I was I was imagining the day when I can say to a client when I'm like big and important enough to say to a client, I'm sorry, I, I don't do final reports. I just do two page summaries and they will like fall all over themselves because I have agreed to evaluate their program <laughs> and so they'll take what they can get. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's where you get to the status of uh, OMG, MQP. Yeah. 
Well, you know, to some extent, other evaluators have said that as well, you know, like, you know, John Gargani really stressed that as, you know, he wants to do the work that he wants to do in the way he wants to do it. And, you know, to do that, you've taken that step to become a consultant. Yeah, I guess so. An internal evaluator, you know, has to build understanding and acceptance uh, around that too. Um, But sometimes as an employee of a large organization, we have to, you know, toe the line, the cultural sort of line around the way certain reports are done. But, you know, I, I like that my team pushes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought what you were going to say is I look forward to the day when I can sit around and drink Trappist bunk beer <laughs> during my conference. And, you know, on a related note, I will not out the TIG, the topical interest group in question, but I definitely appreciated, and you know who you are, uh, the TIG that, that um, has members that have learned that a shot of tequila together before the TIG is not a bad idea. Not at all. No, that's too loosens everybody up. So thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast again. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a comment or an email. You can leave comments on our website at adventuresandevaluation.podbean.com or you can email Kylie and I directly at adventuresandevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, Kylie, take it easy. You too. Bye, James. <laughs>